More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, John Dovanini from Ars Italica Caviar talks to us about his family's transition from fish farming to caviar production, the importance of biodiversity, and the kind of leadership required to win the long game. Enjoy this episode with John. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to tell your story today. Thank you. Our pleasure, my family pleasure to be here today. And we're going to be talking about such a beautiful family business and above all, such a delicious product because we get to talk to you today about your family business and the caviar that you that you produce and that you make so many people happy with. And what a beautiful topic it is, really, and what a decadent topic it is. It almost feels like we should be having champagne together here right now and sort of like a sip it very you know elegantly while we're talking about this. But for you, it's your day-to-day. For you, it's your trade. For you, I'm sure there's a lot of glamour, but there's also a lot of hard work behind the scenes. John, tell us a little bit first, maybe, about how the business came into being, because I know that you and your your brother, you have a special story. It would be lovely to hear it from you. Our family business is starting from from the great dream of our father. There was a trout farmer because our grandfather was a trout farmer in the 1940s. And uh, he had a dream, uh, and the dream uh, was uh, related to the fact of of being able to collect the last uh, native Italian sturgeons called uh, Adriatic sturgeon, in Latin, uh, Acipenser maccari, that is an endemic species of the Adriatic Sea. And uh, he had the chance uh, 45, 50 years ago to collect the last specimens of that fish in the major Italian rivers in the north of Italy. And then he got uh, these uh, babies, a young uh, fish of about half a kilo, one kilo, two kilos, fish of about one, two to three years. And uh, he had the chance to collect about 60 specimens uh, of that uh, sturgeon. And then uh, instead of eating those sturgeons, like uh, most part of the other fishermen were doing, he thought, I know how to spawn and you know the entire production uh, cycle of the trout because it's a family business already. And the dream, uh, was uh, maybe one day, one day, maybe I'll be able to spawn those fish. And actually in the 1988, it was the 16th of June of 1988, and was a great day. I was 18 years old and we succeed in uh, spawning those uh, sturgeons that from one, two kilos, so this size, after 15 and over years, were almost two meters, so very big fish, ready to spawn, females and males. 
And uh, all those 50 fish about were new from us, uh, me and, and my brothers, everyone with a, a nickname, like, like pets, you know, the same. Uh, in, in Italian, there was the one that was very big and little fat that was called the Mamma, Mamma Storione, so it was the mother of the sturgeon. And then another one that was very long and another female, very long and black, that was called Grande Nera, so the big and black one, and, and so on, a lot of different names. And uh, we still have, after 45 years, after, yeah, 40, over 40 years, we still have some of those, technically those are called F0 because are the, the wild generation. We have about 10 of those uh, fish. And, uh, and it's, uh, we are very proud of this. And uh, our history, the path really on the sturgeon business started from that dream of, of my father that is now retired and he still, uh, he passed us this great passion for the aquaculture and for, you know, to be a dreamer, to have some uh, view far away. So in the first uh, decades, from the 1988 up to the 1998, me and my brothers, we were working together in the, in the father's farm, the father's farm, and we were producing mainly little young uh, fish, so fingerlings, for the restocking plants. And we provided to the different provinces and regions the pure with high biodiversity Achipenza Nakari for uh, recovery plans and for restocking the rivers because at the beginning of the 80s, there were zero sturgeons left in, uh, in the rivers in the Italian and Adriatic Sea. And from uh, the 1988, so from the first time, every year, now it's uh, 34 years in a row, we, every year we produce some new generations of this uh, native Italian sturgeon for the restocking. And in the 1998, so after 10 years, of course, we, we were then, uh, let's say, we developed new techniques and know-how. And also we imported different uh, sturgeon species from uh, different origins even from the Caspian Sea, for example. And in the 1998, me and uh, my younger brother, Sergio, we uh, started in the 1998 with uh, four different sturgeon species, pure species. We started a plan that was called uh, Italian caviar. And uh, we arrived uh, in the 2008, to the production of the caviar. So it was about uh, 14, 15 years ago. And this, this is the Ars Italica, is the brand that we decided to use on our uh, production. And this is, this is an original tin. 
I wanted to ask you, we are currently faced with a very difficult situation environmentally. How has that impacted your business? Like, because you're talking about, I can so imagine for your product, obviously the whole supply chain, the whole value chain, it needs to be super transparent. You're taking care of it from A to Z as a family, but then there's the environment that is changing. So we have warming of the water. We have like a lot of external factors that you cannot control. What are your biggest risk factors at the moment with regards to even what you explained to me about restocking? I will give you an example uh, starting from the end. So we will go uh, to the answer. So today is we are in, in the spring season. It's May. And now we are spawning. We are approaching the new spawning of the new uh, babies, of the new fingerlings that will be producing the caviar in about 10, 15 years from now. So I will give you the, the right number. So we have to talk about uh, 2032 and uh, 2037. So it's uh, extremely difficult in a kind of uh, business point of view, like an entrepreneur, to be able to look so far if you do not trust yourself <laughs> and if you do not if you don't have a positive approach to what will happen. We face in, in the 2020, you know, the, the blackout due to the, to the COVID and then uh, the unbelievable uh, consumption we saw in the, year after, in the year after because a lot of people were, you know, home and they started to call us and say, we want to try your caviar. We want to taste your product because we are home. We cannot, you know, do anything else. So we need some bottles of good wines and maybe some good food. And now the industry is, uh, is facing not only us. Of course, we, we sell very well and our caviar is very well reputated in the market. But then what is happening now, we, we don't have enough caviar and we have a demand that is uh, higher than uh, the capability at the moment we have to produce. But you have to understand that in our business, we just have the possibility to increase, you know, to control the output, the quantity we produce after 10 years only. Part of the magical ingredient here, John, is of course the family, it, your family, right? Like, so you're working, you mentioned your brother, Sergio, and tell us how you're currently working with the family to produce Arcetalica. How does it work? Sergio is the director of the farm, and we have about 10 people that are uh, working together. Just uh, two words on, on one of, of those people that is uh, now is getting older <laughs> and is the, the main person that is uh, working in the farm outside, you know, working together with the workers. And uh, he started with us 20 years ago, this uh, project, and his name is Claudio. And Claudio is the head of our workers. And uh, he has uh, eight sons, so boys and girls. So he has a big family and he lives uh, in the farm. And uh, I really like 
to say a couple of things of him because he's really related to our business is not only related to to the things we do but even to the people we work each other you know we spend so much time together uh, sometimes uh, more than than our families you know working each other and Sergio is uh, the director of the farm and this gentleman is uh, really the guardian of what is happening uh, there and and then uh, the way the process is when the fish are at about five years old, we are able to detect. So we, we do an ultrasound check to divide the males from the females. And then uh, after that, we are able uh, with the females after 10 to 15 years to get the, the females ready and to produce the caviar. And, uh, and every year we keep on uh, providing even uh, fingerlings for the restocking. So there is a part of the business that is related to the females for the production of the meat and the caviar. And this is my right hand. So we take some profits because we need to be sustainable for our families, for us. And uh, what we like even to do is uh, with our left hand, so the other, to use uh, some of these uh, profits to keep on uh, in our farm uh, stock of uh, biodiversity of uh, native uh, Adriatic sturgeon, the wild specimens that we still have, and even uh, the generation, so the F1, F2 generations. And we work with university, with uh, different association like World Sturgeon Conservation Society or the University of Padova, and even uh, the Veneto region, for example. And, and uh, we work for restocking plants, and we like to be part of this because uh, it's even a, a good way to do the right thing. And it makes more sustainable the entire process. So... At the end, the biodiversity, because of the experience we made, uh, and, and thanks to you know the, the dream, the little dream that, that our father brought to us when we were young, it's the same biodiversity you have on your table. So we refuse the idea of the standard to have one single caviar, maybe hybrid, maybe made in very few time with high density, when we have 25 unbelievable species worldwide that are bringing the biodiversity that is coming from uh, 200 million years because sturgeons are even older than dinosaurs. So can we do something in the production chain to, you know, even to sustain, I would say, or to do the good thing for this? This is a kind of approach that we should use on the wine, on the pasta, so on the milk, on all the different products, because we had lost so much in the wild. We have to try to, to keep uh, something, even in the production chain, because everything will be part of us, will be part of our culture. and. Uh, we can pass. So it's part of the conservation. We want to be present in this planet 
we are not the only one we have to understand very well and uh, why we have to produce something that doesn't exist when we have the possibility, at least in, in my niche, in my production niche, to do the right thing. So we have to do it. This couldn't be a better final message for an interview like this is to just do the right thing from a father's dream to a sustainable luxury product. The story of Arsitalika and your family, really impressive. John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and in the magazine. was really a pleasure and thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.